Hello and praise the Lord. Praise How are you? Praise the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. Welcome to Pine View's Wednesday night Bible study. Uh, this is my wife, Brenda Meadows, and I'm Anthony Meadows. And we've been sharing a series uh, throughout the last few months about spiritual transformation. And we have a little, we have a short, short lesson today. So strap on and, you know, let's get into this. First, let's have a word of prayer. Brenda, would you lead us? Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we come before you thanking you, God, for your goodness, thanking you, God, for your kindness, thanking you, God, for your mercy and your grace. We bless you, God. We magnify you. We glorify you. Lord God, we thank you, Lord, for bringing us through the day with our hearts and minds stayed on you. Lord, we thank you, Lord God, for no haphazard things happening today. Lord, we thank you, God, for all the many blessings that you bestowed upon us. Now, God, as we, Lord God, study your word tonight, Lord God, give us new revelation, give us wisdom, give us understanding. Lord God, let your power reign here by the power of the Holy Ghost. We thank you, God, that it is so. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'd like to welcome everybody that's tuning in online and those that are here in the sanctuary. Your presence is very neat, and we appreciate it. Amen. Uh, as you can see on the screen, it says, Spiritual Transformation by Meditating on the Word of God. And I want to draw our attention to a very familiar scripture, Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8. Could you read, please? The book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Today we're talking about meditating on the word of God. It's, it's a very important theme that's throughout the Bible. Meditating on the Word of God is one of our uh, spiritual weapons that we can use to navigate the life that we're going through right now. It's, we're not talking about going into uh, some kind of trance or anything, but we're talking about just bringing the word of God into your mind, into your heart, and mulling it over and over again. And that will produce spiritual manifestations. Uh, let's also look at Psalms 119, verse 11. This is what David was writing. And I would suggest uh, reading all of Psalms 119. It's a pretty lengthy book. But it has, it is powerful. And I'll let you go ahead. What verse? 11. We'll start at 10. Read 10 through 12. Okay. With my whole heart I have sought thee. Oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Blessed art thou, O Lord. 
teach me thy statues. So you see here, David is, is imploring God by staying in his word that he will remain right with God. And back in this covenant, it was dependent upon man to uh, make a way so that he could be right with God. But we have a better covenant, but we will get to that. Uh, I want you to really take a look today at taking the word of God and burying it deep within you. Actually, I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to take whatever, whatever level of understanding you are on the word of God, the thing that you understand, take that and meditate it and eat it. Now let's look at, uh, let's go to our next slide. Oh, it's already up. No, go back to that other Meditation. Uh, this is according to Webster. Close or continued thought. The turning or revolving of a subject in the mind. Imagine or premeditate. Now, I want you to take the word of God this week. And hopefully until the next time I'm up. And I want you to roll it over in your mind. Get a scripture. Something that, you know, that's speaking to you. And, and you know how we listen to a lot of noise throughout the day. We have, you know, these, of course, and you have television, uh, internet, radio. Silence all that for a minute and make a point to get in a place where you can just concentrate on the word of God. Amen. I'm putting myself on this challenge my, myself and I, because I believe that as I go and bury that word and meditate it and chew on it, that God is going to allow me to move in ways that I've never moved before. Amen. So it means not just hearing it and, and reading it, but it also means acting on it. It means a willful surrender of my, of my will to what God is saying for us to do. Amen. And we have an advantage because we have the Holy Spirit that is speaking to us. All the time. And the Holy Spirit will never tell us to do anything contrary to the word of God. Amen. And a matter of fact, I believe that the Holy Spirit wants us to do more meditating, spending more time in the word and expecting a result from that. Not just saying I checked the box. I spent five minutes meditating on the word of God today. But I'm talking about taking it as literal as breathing air. Amen. You know, in the scripture it says, pray without ceasing. That doesn't mean we have to be in a posture on our knees. But it's a mindset mm -hmm. of meditating and bringing the word of God alive in our lives. Amen. Let's go to the next. Biblical. Biblical meditation is turning the word of God over in your heart until it brings forth revelation. I want y'all to think about that. 
turning the word of God over in your heart until it brings forth revelation or spiritual sight. Meditating God's words builds faith, which allows you to see with your spiritual eyes in the realm of the spirit. Turning over the word of God in your heart brings forth revelation. All of us have some kind of relationship on whatever level we are with our God, our Lord and Savior. Amen. And taking his word and Getting an understanding of his word builds your faith in a way that you could do things that you didn't necessarily think that you could do. Romans 10 and 17. I, I know it, but I, you want to read it for us. Sure. I just like to add when he said biblical meditation is turning the word of God over in your heart until it brings revelation. If you think about um, uh, uh, a farmer, he turns that soil over before he begins to plant. And then after he turns that soil over and he plants the seeds, then life springs forth. And that's what happens when we just turn, that, turn the soil of our minds over and meditate the word of God in our hearts. And then it plants a seed in there and then it brings forth new life. Good analogy. Because you get rid of the cares. You're focused on what God says. You're not focused on what they're saying on Fox News, CNN, uh, Facebook, TikTok, whatever. You, you, you remove all that because... Go ahead. 10.17. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes or continues, to come. or continues to come through meditating on the word of God, Amen. through the hearing of the word of God, through the speaking of the word of God out your own mouth, mm -hmm. through the listening to teaching of the word of God, either by tape or Facebook or whatever. But it builds your faith because the word of God is alive. Man. It's not just words on a paper as we had, we went through this before, but sometimes you have to go back over things. The word of God is quick. That means it's alive. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. Amen. It'll cut and divide, and it also heals. Amen. The word of God is a living organism. Amen. It's a spiritual organism. That speaks directly to our spirit. Mm -hmm. Remember the three parts of man? Amen. Soul, that's your mind, your will, your emotion, your chooser, your thinker, your body. That's this, the flesh that you live in, it houses the spirit. Amen. The spirit is where your life is. It's where God dwells. Mm -hmm. When somebody's dead, they say the spirit is left. Amen. Right? Mm -hmm. So that's... That's where we are. The next slide, please. 
Now, Hebrews 11, chapter, verse 1. Now, faith is the assurance, Amen. the confirmation, the title deed of the things we hope for, being the proof of things we do not see and the conviction of their reality. Faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. When you meditate on the word of God, it builds faith. A lot of us are born again. I uh, heard preachers said a couple weeks ago, but none of us were there to witness the cross. None of us was there to witness uh, the, the resurrection. We didn't see Jesus when he walked 40 days on the earth and was seen by many brethren. But we believe the report of those who did. The witness of those who saw. Not seeing, but yet believing. Not seeing with our natural eyes, but yet believing with our spirits and our hearts. We believe God. We believe that he's real. And by us believing that he's real, he manifests himself to us. We've all at one time or another probably have said, if it had not been for God, or God brought me out of this one. Meditation on the word builds that inner strength to believe and to hold on what you believe. Mm -hmm. Nobody could convince you that you're not saved. You might have, you know, I talk to atheists, people that don't believe at work and stuff like that. But their arguments are fruitful, unfruitful to me. Because I believe, I'm convinced, I'm not moved. And that's, they say, how can you believe in something that you can't see? I do see it. Not with these eyes, but with my spiritual eyes. Amen. And then I see the glory of God manifested by the love of God that he puts in me. And that he puts in you, and the scripture said that it's shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Spirit, which he has given us. When we, we really see that when we see the operation of love. Now, faith is the assurance. I really like this scripture, and I like to kind of put my understanding in it the way God gives it to me. It says, faith is the assurance of the scripture says the things, but I love it when you can think about, if you think about faith is the assurance of the word of God. Mm -hmm. Faith is the assurance of the word of God that we have hope. And that word of God is our proof. It's our proof that we, that, that we know that this faith is working. We know that God's word is working. We know with assurance, without a shadow of a doubt, like he said, sometimes you run into people that don't believe, but you know with assurance by the life 
not so much by the life that you live, but by the things that have happened in your life, that God is real. And that is the assurance of faith. And we, the Bible says that we go from faith to faith. And sometimes what happens is, um, I, I heard a, a preacher say one time, before he was able to believe God for uh, malls, he had to learn to believe God for a bow tie. So that's an example of how God takes us from faith to faith to faith to faith. So sometimes when you might think that you can't, you don't, you, you don't have faith, just trust God and believe God and mold that word over and over and over. Get, grab a scripture as to what is, what will fit your circumstance and then just mold that scripture over and over and over and watch God manifest himself in your life. How many of you guys have children? Okay, everybody Everybody has children. And because you've been here a few 24 hours longer than they have, there are some things that you have experienced. And you try to tell them in love, because especially children, when they get a little older, they think they know more than you. You try to tell them in love that, you know, there's no success without God. And a lot of, lot of children have to go out and find out for themselves that that is true. And that's why we train them while they're young. Because mm -hmm. we have a promise that when they're older, they'll return back. Mm -hmm. And I believe that. Let me just expound on that word training. The Bible says train up a child in the way that, you should, that they should go. And when they're old, they will not depart. So now in that process of training, we have to train them based on the word of God. We cannot train them based on what we think or how we feel or anything that, you know, uh, letting them get away. Um, uh, most of the children in the first grade, they, I can tell they run their households, you know, but that's not that that is not what God means by train up a child in the way they should go when we train up a child in the way they should go we train them based on the word of God I'll never forget uh, one Sunday when we were taking communion I saw one of the brothers here and he was training his son about communion and it was the most beautiful thing that I had ever seen he was training him and when he trained him he broke a little piece of the bread and he explained what the bread was for and then he gave him the teeniest tiniest corner of the wine that was left after he drank it but he explained to him what that was about and that's part of the training that is required that is required of, of us as parents to show that way to our children in the way that God would have have our children to go and speaking of training let's go to the next slide Oh, I wanted to expound oh, on this. Okay, Meditation also builds inner strength to believe and the ability to hold on to what you believe. So when we meditate, we gain strength from meditating on that word. We gain that strength. And as you gain that strength, then it causes you to believe and hold on to it, hold firm to that thing, what God has promised you. Amen. He lifted up his eyes. I did a study on this particular part of scripture. He lifted up his eyes. And usually there was a manifestation of God 
or the power of God or angel or something spiritual would happen. When he says he lifted up his eyes, sometimes this came after a period of meditation. And sometimes this was a vision. Mm -hmm. But I want to go to back to the training thing. And let's look at uh, Genesis 24 and 63. And this is a, the story of when Isaac went out to get his bride. And Isaac went out to meditate in the field at eventide. And this was probably something that he was trained to do from his father. Who was Isaac's father? Abraham. Abraham. That's right. So Abraham was one that meditated on what God had said to him. When Abraham looked up at the stars, I believe he said, Lord, you said you're going to give me descendants and we can't even number them mm -hmm. like these stars. Mm -hmm. You know, so he, he pondered those things that God said to him. When Isaac went out and meditated in the fields at eventide and he lifted up his eyes and saw and behold, the camels were coming mm -hmm. and the camels were coming. My wife really likes this story. They were coming with his bride. You, you all know the story how Abraham sent his servant out to go find a wife for us, for uh, his son. And there were certain requirements, things like that. And whatever happened to that? Whatever happened to the parents knowing what's better for the children than the children? I'm, I'm going to go there. Then the children going out making shipwreck. Sometimes I think we get away from some things that really make good common sense. Like I said earlier, you've been here longer. You have some experience. They operate out of what they feel. You operate out of what you know. So wouldn't it be better if the parents kind of had a little say-so and that important of a decision? Amen. Hmm? <laughs> Amen. You, you know, uh, <laughs> that, that, that's, that's a whole subject, you know. And I, I just want to share with you, meditate on the word of God. <laughs> I told you don't go there. And, and listen to your parents and honor your parents, but that's one of the first promises of the Bible. I don't know where, where, where that one came from. But. I just wanted to add, he said, we're, we're on the slide, he lifted up his eyes. So when we think about lifting up your eyes, there's a scripture that says, uh, lift up your eyes into the hills from whence our help come from the Lord. So when we lift up our eyes, you're not live, actually lifting up your visual eyes. You're lifting up your spiritual eyes. You're lifting up your eyes unto the Lord, unto the hills from which come your help. And when you do that, it's, it's, it's God speak to the heart. He speaks to the mind and he gives us direction as to what we should do. So when a lot of times when the scripture is talking about lifting up your eyes, it's not talking about visual eyes. It's talking about spiritual eyes. Hmm. Uh, let's look at uh, Numbers 24 and 2. It says, And Balaam lifted up his eyes. Balaam was this uh, prophet. And uh, he, he, had, he had some issues going on. 
Now, I'm not going to go real deep in it, but listen, look, just see what the scripture says. He lifted up his eyes and he saw Israel biding in his tents according to their tribe. And the spirit of God came upon him. Mm -hmm. And he got some revelation. Amen. When he lived, after he came out of his time meditating what God had said to him. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to show you another witness. Our Lord and Savior, Luke 6 and 20. And when he lifted up his eyes on his disciples, and he said, Blessed be ye poor, for the kingdom of God is yours. And in that same section of scripture, he was talking about there are more blessings. He was, he was speaking blessings into them. And let's go to the next one. In John 6 and 5, when Jesus lifted up his eyes and saw a great company come on to him, he said unto Philip, when shall we buy bread? This is when he was feeding 5,000 plus the women and children were there. Mm -hmm. He had already knew what they were going to think. Amen. But he was, this was another opportunity for him to show the glory of God. That God is our provider. And in John 17. Jesus spoke these words. And lifted up his eyes to heaven. And said. Father. The hour is come. Glorify thy son. That thy son. Also may glorify thee. The whole crux on our relationship if you walk that down in John 17, our relationship with God and what he done for us. In verse 2 it says, I didn't put this on the slide, and thou hast given him power over all flesh. Amen. That he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. And this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. And Jesus went on talking, and he, he prayed for, you know, believers. And when you get down, he prayed for his disciples, right? The apostles, the special messengers. And then in verse 20, if you didn't in your Bible, I have a brand new Bible. I got here so it's not marked. You should circle this verse because this is where you are at in this particular point of scripture. Verse 20. Neither pray I for these alone but also for them which shall believe on me through their word. I got to read the next verse. That they all may be one as thou, Father, art in me and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. Amen. You're in the book. Mm -hmm. Believer, you are in the book. Amen. Jesus prayed for you before he even hit the cross. Yes. He had you in his mind. Matter of fact, you were in God's mind before the foundations of the world. Hmm. And he's been sending this message out to you. When you step in the time out of eternity, out of, out of, out of God, the source of all life, 
because God made us in his image. He knew every hair on your head. He knew every day that would come and the choices that you would have to make. And he said somewhere in the Bible, I believe it was in Joshua or, or Deuteronomy, one of Deuteronomy. He said, choose life. Mm -hmm. Choose life. And Jesus Christ says, I am the life. Amen. Choose life. Mm -hmm. Just little things like that, that you can meditate on and know that if God be for me, who can be against me? Amen. I mean, when you're going through and you got haters and you got, you know, all kind of craziness, meditate on that word. If God be for me, who can be against me? Amen. And the last little part of just another of the lifting up of the eyes is very familiar to us. Uh, we were sat down on, you know, we were brought up on this. Acts chapter 10. <laughs> and Peter had a vision, right? And he, I'm, I'm just going to paraphrase this. I'm not going to you know, read the whole thing. But Peter had a vision. And uh, God told him, you know, uh, eat this, these animals in the vision. And Peter said, no, nah, man, you know what? I don't eat anything common or unclean. God checked him. He said, whatever I call clean, you don't call unclean. So Peter said, oh, okay, okay. At the same time, this how uh, there was a man, uh, a devout man, a Roman, an Italian. <laughs> and his name was Cornelius, a devout man, a man that feared God and and that was, uh, you know, worship God and his household. And uh, God gave him a vision through prayer and meditation to send for Peter. That's right. So he sent some people out to send for Peter. And, and Peter got off that vision. Peter was up on the attic, not the attic, but on the roof where he prayed, came down. And those guys were right there waiting on him. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, you know, they said, we need you to come to see our, you know, our, our master, our leader, Cornelius. And, you know, Peter was thinking about, because remember, Peter was under the law. And the law of Moses said that Jews do not eat with anybody that's not a Jew. They don't even go into their house. So this is where all that racial stuff got broken. And uh, he, Peter understood what God was telling him and he went and he met Cornelius and he ministered to Cornelius and uh, God had told Cornelius that Peter had something to tell him what do you think he had to tell him the good news of course right the death burial and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ and when they heard this when they heard that word of God, Peter, while Peter, I'm at verse 44 in uh, chapter 10. While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all of them which heard the word. 
And they of the circumcision, which believed, were astonished. And that means those Jews which believed were astonished. As many as came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. Amen. How did they know this? For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Amen. Just from hearing the word, mm -hmm. the Holy Ghost fell. Amen. Then Peter said, Can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized, which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. There, then prayed with them and tarried with them certain days. Amen. Out of a meditation, out of spending time with God. All right. From reading the word. From reading the word, this took a traditional man and his understanding of what was right to, with God. It turned the world over, at least that part of the world. Mm -hmm. The northern Mediterranean part turned that part of the world over. Also at the same time, the word of God was going into the northern African part of the world. Amen. We had uh, different uh, apostles going there and the word was being spread out to the east with persecution. But the word of God was spreading out and people was receiving from the word and God was manifesting himself to these people. Uh, this going back to lifting up one's eyes. Yeah, okay, we're there. Is another way to say seeing with one's spiritual eyes. Meditation feeds the imagination by allowing the Holy Spirit to paint a clear picture of our success and the truth of God's word. You can actually see and believe God's promises before they are manifested. Have you ever made up your mind? Your back's against the wall. Hey, I don't care. I'm just going to believe God. I, you know, whatever this mountain is that I'm facing, I know we all been there. We're facing this mountain, and you know, you did what all you thought you could do, but, but you get to the point where you say, "I'm just going to believe God. Amen. I'm going to cast my care on Him. <laughs> I'm going to give it to Him, especially when it comes to dealing with other people, because we don't have control over other people, <laughs> only how we treat them. Right. right? We don't have control over them." God didn't tell us to have dominion over people. Right. We're supposed to love one another, not dominate one another. Dominate the earth. Dominate the earth, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> but we but allow your imagination. I'm going to take you on a real short trip. I want you to picture with me that you're walking down a sandy beach. The wind is blowing south, I mean, slightly. It's in about, oh, the mid-80s. So the breeze feels good. The sand isn't too hot, but it's going in between your toes as you're walking on the beach. You hear the seagulls 
making noises, the sound of the waves crashing back and forth. And then there's this nice banana split waiting for you. You can sit down and just eat it for those of you that like banana split with the ice cream and the chocolate drizzled on it. And you just know when you take that first bite, it's cold, but it's good and sweet. Okay, were you able to see that? Did you have a, a, a picture in your mind of that as I was talking about that? Take the word of God and make a picture, allow it to make a picture in your mind of you being successful. That God's word is true. It even says, let God be true and every man be a lie. And see yourself walking in the authority and the victory of everything that God has provided for you. Amen. And when you begin to think that way and see that way, we can go to the next one. Hmm. This all works on the principle of seed, time, and harvest. Seed time and harvest is what I mentioned earlier. It's when a farmer goes out, he tills the ground, he puts the seed in, the sun and the rain comes, and then we have growth. And that seed time and harvest, as long as we have the earth, we'll have seed time and harvest. Time, see, this seed time and harvest was put here for man. God does not need time. He doesn't need seed. He doesn't need a harvest. But all of these are things that we need. We need seed, just as we need seeds to grow for our food. We also need to use the word of God as a seed that plants down into the soil of our, into, into the soil of our soul that will grow and bring forth new life. And then when, we, when, when that seed is growing, and then we see an abundance of harvest come forth because we see that we keep learning about the word of God, we keep growing, we keep, you know, we keep going from faith to faith. So seed time and harvest will remain as long as the earth is here. And I just want to go back to the scripture that we, that we talked about the last month when we were here. Proverbs 23, verse 7, part A. For as he thinketh in his heart, mm -hmm. so is he. So as you think in your heart, so are you. So your meditation mm -hmm. brings a harvest. Amen. Brings a spiritual harvest. That's, that's the last slide. Did you have this one? Yeah. Okay. Brings a spiritual harvest. And we're looking for a spiritual harvest today. I challenge you to get a scripture. Meditate on it. Uh, if you don't know where to go, use Proverbs. 31 Proverbs, 31 days in a month. 31 chapters. One scripture a day. One, one, yeah, one, uh, one chapter, chapter a day. day. And meditate on it. It's wisdom. It speaks directly to you. It's not super deep. It's just common sense. Mm -hmm. And once that begins to take form, the word of God becomes a filter through which you view the word. Amen. 
Amen. I just want to add, Proverbs is one of the uh, teaching books, and it really does help you learn how to grow. I mean, it says things like, you know, it's better to be on a rooftop than in a house with a brawling woman, you know, and it, 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 just, it just teaches you things about life, you know, um, uh, and uh, it says things like, um, uh, a woman is, uh, um, it just left me. But in Proverbs, it's, it's really, it has really good teachings, and that's where you will find some really, really good um, a word of God. Amen. So with that, uh, we want to seal this word which was sown into our hearts with a prayer. And uh, I believe that you guys that are watching this and that are here, you're going to take the word of God, you're going to put it in you, and you're going to see a manifestation. Let me know what God has uh, done in your life. Amen. When you see me, you know, around church or whatever. Uh, I believe that if you have an expectation on the word of God, you put an expectation on the word of God, mm -hmm. God's word will never fail. It will always accomplish what it's sent to do. Amen. So, Father, in the, name of, in Jesus, the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you for this word which was sown into thank our hearts. We thank you for a mind to meditate on your word. We thank you that whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Yes. That our mind is not clouded with the things of the world, yes. but our mind is filled to the overflow with your word. I thank you that we'll see demonstrations of your power, of your anointing on us and our families. I thank you that our children are blessed of the Lord. Yes. I thank you that they are prosperous in everything that they do. I thank you, Lord, that our church is blessed, that we're a loving church, yes. and that we meet the needs of the people that come, and we also reach out into the community to make a mark that nobody can erase. Yes. I thank you for all our leaders. Yes. I thank you that they their houses, everything is well. I thank you for the peace that's in their house, yes. and I thank you for each and every one that's in this assembly and that's in the body of Christ that we take our rightful place as sons of God yes. and that we are manifest whole creation is waiting and groaning for our manifestation yes, and we Lord. walk in the things that you have called us to do and we will do exploits yes. Jesus said we would do greater works yes. and Lord we do them in your name Thank so you, we God. give you the praise yes. we give you the honor we give you the glory in Jesus' name, let everyone say. In Jesus' name, amen. And I did remember the scripture. It says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not to thine own understanding. In all thy ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. God bless you. Amen. Amen. amen.